0: You're listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast, featuring conversations on the
1: business of transforming healthcare.
0: Welcome to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. I'm Sam Glick, partner in the Health and Life Sciences Practice here at Oliver Wyman. In this episode, I'm delighted to be speaking with John Doyle, CEO of Castlight Health, a San Francisco based health benefits platform. Also joining us is Derek Newell, president of Castlight and former CEO of GIF. Earlier this year, as many of us saw in the news, Castlight and GIF came together through a strategic acquisition and brought together Castlight's transparency-focused platform with GIF's employee wellness platform. We believe that that's come together, at least they believe that's come together, uh, to create the most comprehensive health platform on the market. And I'm delighted to be speaking with uh, John and Derek here today. John and Derek, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Sam. Great to be here. Thank you, Sam. So I'll, I'll let
0: uh, whichever one of you wants to answer first uh, get us started. But uh, I think most of our listeners know what, what Castlight does and what GIF does. But uh, tell us a little bit more about why you came together.
1: We, we started, Derek and I started talking Oh, more than a year ago now. About bringing the companies together, and one of the things that was clear right out of the gate was that we we share a lot of the same views about where the market is headed, what customers need, and ultimately what's going to drive the change in healthcare that we think is needed. Um, the place to start is that you know fundamentally our mission is to make it as easy as possible for people to get to the healthcare resources that are best match to the issues they're trying to solve from a cost perspective and from a quality perspective and the um, you know the the issue in healthcare just to build on that a little bit really isn't that there aren't great providers out there or programs that are cost-effective and and of high quality it's the random walk that most people take to get to those resources today and if you can solve that one problem make sure that people are getting to high quality resources uh, reasonable prices you you make a A big impact for your customers and users. And Castlight had been doing that on the the medical side. Um, Jif had been doing it on the well-being side. And we thought putting the two together would put us in position to manage the employee's health experience end-to-end. And and that was really the driver. Got it. And thinking about that, I think, um, you know, for a long time, we've
0: seen some of the major health plans, you know, buy up lots of point solutions and Uh, try and bring those together with varying levels of success. Um, But it feels like in the last, you know, maybe 18 months or two years, we're seeing more and more of these kind of combinations uh, like what you've done with Castlight and GIF. Um, How do you think about your coming together uh, more broadly about what it means for the evolution of health benefit solutions and and where this kind of um, health innovator market is going in the next generation?
2: This is Derek, I'll take that question. Um, in terms of Castlight and Jeff coming together, obviously dealing with a lot of point solutions is very difficult for self-insured employers. They do want a comprehensive platform and a set of, um, a set of vendors that will bring them best of breed. So they want these two competing worlds where I, I prefer because of the challenges of buying or purchasing through my organization, I prefer one vendor. And I know if I go only with one vendor and I have a broad set of solutions, I can possibly get um, basically average solutions on all of them. And I think as you know, part of the power of the health plans is they bundle a bunch of solutions that are okay. And our customers want best of breed. And so Castlight and GIF coming together gives them a broad platform of best of breed. Plus GIF has an ecosystem behind us and, and Castlight was developing it where we have partners with over 50 different companies that are specialized specialized in the vertical like mequilibrium hello wallet um, and the myriad of other partners that really go deep in a particular area that our customers can buy on our paper Um, and so that's really important because we simplify the contracting it's all pre-integrated it's all we implement the whole thing we manage the vendors we manage the invoicing. For them, it looks like a prime contractor and they don't have to deal with all the subcontractors, but they get best to breed. So that is the direction that I think the industry is going. I think the health plans will continue to buy at Point Solutions and other players will continue to buy at Point Solutions. But really, if we can create a viable market for best to breed point solutions where they can plug into employers in a scalable way, we believe that independent best to breed point solutions is best for everybody. Um, somebody who focuses specifically on diabetes or pregnancy and maybe fertil- fertility in a narrow range will do a lot better job than somebody who tries to create pla- create programs across the broad spectrum.
1: That's exactly right. And if you think about this, Sam, over the course of you know, a a multi-year time period. So if you're running benefits in a Fortune 500 business and you're thinking about the the way your benefits involvement is going to evolve over, say, the next five years, the ability to kind of plug and play point solutions in a scalable way is a critically important thing. I mean, you know from day one when you build your strategy that some of what you've built into that strategy in terms of digital health solutions is going to work great, and you're going to want to keep those folks with you for a long time and you're going to know other solutions aren't for whatever reason going to be great for your population and you're going to want to make changes well if you're having to do that relationship by relationship um, the tax on the organization and frankly frankly your flexibility to do it at all are just you know really really difficult and so to you know to derek's point um, by putting in that scalable platform and having the ability to um, manage the administration of those relationships through a single partner, you've enhanced your flexibility over that time frame pretty dramatically.
0: So say a little more about that, John, I think uh, you know, I came and saw you a couple of months ago uh, at Castlight, and um, I think when I started our conversation, I had the perception that a lot of our listeners might, which is that Castlight was really about price transparency and uh, kind of this market philosophy of, you know, if you put uh, prices out there, consumers will make good decisions. Uh, and I think we know from the data that the healthcare decision making is a lot more complex than that. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. And so what has Castlight become? And, and talk to me about kind of this concept of Castlight as a platform versus just putting cost transparency information out there.
1: It's it's really been um, a learning process over the last number of years. So as you said, Castlight was founded as a price transparency business, you know, stretching back eight years. And at the time of the company's founding, that was a pretty revolutionary concept. I mean, at the time, the notion that an individual employee would be able to find out what um, a given provider would charge for a service before they go get that uh, service um, uh, completed was a really novel concept, as surprising as that is in hindsight. Um, and so we, we set out to fix that problem and, as you said, provided a search-based solution that allowed uh, individual users and consumers to, to look at how much procedures would cost before they went to consume care. And the assumption going into that, frankly, was that most people would, that you would get a huge upwelling of consumers' Uh, reacting to the availability of these data, uh, making better healthcare decisions to go back to what we were saying at the outset of the call to instead of following a random walk, um, end up finding a reasonably priced, high quality uh, provider. And what we learned over the course of a few years, and this is stretching back now to you know, 2011, 12, 13, was that a minority of users do that. Um, but, but still many, many don't. Um, And the reasons that they don't are complex, but if you just think about your own healthcare experience, and you know, uh, the the folks listening here will have had many different ones, but I I would predict um, that most of them would not think of themselves as healthcare consumers. I've heard Derek say in the past, you know, that the notion of a healthcare consumer is just not going to happen because the behavioral inertia in the space is so, so strong. And so the problem that we needed to solve as a business is if that's the case, if you're not going to activate people's own consumer behaviors to solve that problem of a random walk, what else can you do? And that led us to a big investment in analytics, um, learning from claims data in a scalable way, the things that people ought to be doing, and then using digital marketing techniques to reach out to them to put the healthcare resources that were available from their employer and that those people needed whether it's you know a diabetes um, support or smoking cessation or uh, a surgical center whatever the resource was get it in front of the employee at the time they need the help and by offering you know highly relevant resources at the right time you can drive a wave of engagement um, uh, with uh, those programs that otherwise you know doesn't happen or happens very inefficiently. So that was the original kind of impetus for the journey beyond transparency and we had made significant investments in, in doing just that in um, the world of, of you know traditional healthcare, medical, and, and pharmacy and so forth. And what Derek had led at jiff around the building of the ecosystem is he talked about was a, a very exciting evolution of that strategy to us, and and so you know that that
2: really gets you to where we are today. This is Derek. If you think about if you think about the search functionality that Castlight came out with, where compared to where they evolved to, um, it's sort of like when you type into Google now; it predicts what you might need as you type. Um, the predictive search, instead of the passive search, knowing you need it, knowing to go get it, and having it be predictive based on data that that. Castlight has, and if you think about the power of the ecosystem with that data, we can now predict and drive people to point solutions where you know point solutions have to do potentially mass marketing. We can do very targeted marketing, get higher engagement rates, get higher conversion rates for them, and it allows Castlight to get above the deductible. When I say it's gonna be difficult, like we're never gonna at scale create an educated healthcare consumer, doesn't mean that consumers won't be able to make some good decisions. They can make decisions about some pretty basic procedures based on price and quality but as we all know when you get into a really complicated healthcare journey it's difficult for anybody and so getting using claims data and using data and analytics to help people guide them to the right resources that can help them make those decisions because at some point in a a healthcare journey i was at a conference and i was talking and there were about 500 people in the room and i asked them how many how many of you are good consumers of mechanic services for your car and your car's a lot less complicated than your body, and basically healthcare is a very sophisticated mechanic set of services for your body. and And no, not a single person raised their hand. And so to think that we're gonna create, we need we need guides, we need care guidance, we need care guides, we need people who can help. At some point, we need technology, but at some point, we need a person. And what Castlight's done is we can drop the person in the right place at the right time when they need it. And that's really important. We can guide them through part of the journey, and we know when we can't get them any farther. We know who to put them with based on the benefit design and the resources that are available to them.
0: So, Derek, you just used an interesting phrase, getting above the deductible. Say say a little more about what that means.
2: Well, the the promise of price transparency is, is there's a high deductible health plan, and there's an HSA, and a consum- you encourage consumer behavior. And... That is true as long as you're still paying out of pocket. So for basic, um, basic resources and, and purchases that you'll make in healthcare, that, that continues to be true. When, obviously, when someone goes into a complex episode or they get into um, the out, outside of the deductible, their consumer behavior could change because now they're not paying anything more and the plan is paying everything so being able to steer them to the right resources and help them uh, pick you know for example a centers of excellence over a regular place where they could get their surgery or steer them to a second opinion service instead of steering them uh, into a surgeon's office those are really really potentially cost-saving steerage opportunities and for us we've developed a set of technologies that that operate on people who are in the high cost part of the spend, not just transparency, which is really focused on and you know, encouraging consumer behavior when they're spending their own money. It's encouraging the good behavior through assisted decision-making uh, in the most expensive procedures.
1: And this is definitely another one of the shifts that we've seen in the market over the last few years. So when Derek talks about you know, this more active steerage of folks into efficient um, care settings several years ago when castlight was very focused on on transparency employers many employers were reluctant to get very directive about where folks were going there was a much greater interest in just provide the data and let people make their own decisions and you know in addition to to you know the dynamics around wanting to consolidate point solutions this notion that you know to really make a difference in the efficiency of your healthcare spend as a large employer, you do have to be willing to get more directive and use technologies like Castlight provides to guide people to what you just know from the data are the better places for them to be getting care. We're seeing a much greater willingness to do that than we've seen in the past.
2: And if you, if you think about consumer behavior, just really quickly, if we give them a list of a hundred good providers, they're overwhelmed. Like the, the you know, there's, there's great literature out there that shows you give too many people too many choices and they don't know what to do. Uh, you give them no choice and they're upset. So this is about giving people the right choices, right? Three choices of three great providers, five choices, but not 20 and not just, you know, surfacing up the data without a recommendation. When people are in a healthcare situation, they mostly want to know the answer to two questions, am I okay, and what do I do next? And if you, they have a credible source telling them what to do next, um, or giving them here's three options, that it's very helpful to the consumer.
0: And and what about on the health and wellness side? Um, you know, I think through Castlight Complete, you're now trying, you're bringing everything together in one place. Um, but, you know, health and wellness engagement challenges have been around for a long time, you know, from the... Uh, somebody it's it's relatively easy to get somebody to sign up for a gym after new year's um, but come march it's hard to get them to keep going and I feel like we have that challenge with a lot of the new digital solutions once you've gotten somebody engaged in their own health and wellness, how do you keep them engaged? That seems to be the challenge for so many of these platforms
2: yeah I think it's a it's a great question and and I went into wellness thinking of a new world right that we When a corporation or a company designs a wellness program for a corporation, um, you don't get any engagement and everybody wonders why. And it's, well, it's because it was designed for the corporation and it probably kind of sucks, actually. So it's not very, usually a very good user experience because it wasn't designed for the user. And that's why we took an ecosystem approach. So ecosystem approach looks at the consumer market of apps, devices, and services and sees which ones are winning and which ones aren't and, and engages those in our wellness platform. And those are basically the wellness programs. Now, the second question you asked, like, how do you keep people engaged? And what we've done that's been most successful is we link that directly to benefit design. And so the old model of incentives, and lots of people have different opinions on incentives, they do or don't work, and I'm gonna obviously give you my opinion. But if you think about incentives as it's market-driven behavior, and you're using economic and behavioral incentives to get people to do what you want, Um, and people tell me that doesn't work. I just don't believe it because every single consumer company in the world advertises and it's basically advertising. You, they put coupons out there, they put sales out there, they put economic and behavioral incentives out there to get you to behave in a certain way and they're successful at it. So let's adopt that for healthcare. And what that means is, you know, the old model of incentives was what I call one and done, do a biometric exam, come back next year. If you got good results, we'll lower your premium. If not, we won't. And there's a year in between. What we've done is connect this connected digital exhaust to benefit design in real time and created micro behaviors. And so when you do something every day, when you do a cast light search that results and you attending, uh, going to a higher quality, lower cost provider will give you an incentive, either a deposit to your HSA If you do something every day in wellness, if you walk 10,000 steps every day, if you walk 5,000 steps will give you a little bit of a reduction in your premium. Tying it directly to your benefits has an incredible quality to sustain engagement. And we don't see any drop off in usage once we get people on. Like I know the, the, the general axiom out there is, you know, the Fitbit is off your wrist within six months and you never put it back on. We don't see any drop off in behavior once we get people behaving and we tie their benefit design directly to those activities. And we see dramatic improvements in biometrics and other things as well in our customers as a result.
1: One of the really important points I want to emphasize about what Derek was just describing is, you know, when you make the comparison of the world of advertising, I think it, it offers some other lessons. You know, some ads work and some don't. And one of the really powerful aspects of the platform approach to managing benefits and managing incentives is that we're in a great position to learn and see exactly what it is that individual users are responding to. And you know, with millions of users on the platform and lots of communications going out to all of them on an annual basis, you get better and better at understanding the drivers of behavior. And then when you extend that learning out into the ecosystem where these ecosystem partners who are constantly innovating on engagement in their particular domains, again, whether it's, um, oh, whether it's a you know, weight management program or something else, you get an inevitable improvement over time in the returns you're getting here. And so we think it's you know, early days in healthcare for driving engagement, and we're excited by the progress we're seeing and super excited about where all this leads
0: great. And what, what about advice for employers? You know, it, uh, I think we have a lot of frustrated employers out there and uh, not feeling like they're getting the kinds of outcomes they want with their employees. Uh, I think some of them were holding their breath for a few years that reform might get them out of the healthcare business. And for better or for worse, uh, it looks like employers are going to be, be in healthcare for the foreseeable future. Other than, of course, you should use Castlight. Uh, do you have advice for employers?
1: Well, I I do think that this trend that we're seeing in the market where the the most innovative um, HR benefits and and wellness leaders are getting more and more willing to leverage the learnings of the last number of years and become more directive about what their employees, associates, members ought to be doing for their health and, and, um, and the medical choices that they ought to be making. And that's something that the entire industry, I believe, from the top of the C-suite on down, really needs to be thinking about, um, because you know companies are spending eight or ten percent of of their total costs um, on benefits. It's a massive area of spend, um, with with enormous waste. I think everybody listening to a conversation about healthcare spending would acknowledge that a huge amount of that waste gets eliminated if you just get folks to the right benefit, the right provider, which you've spent a lot of time trying to figure out as part of your benefit strategy. And so that willingness to kind of use technologies or, or services to make that last piece of the puzzle fit is something that's critically important, I think, for, for getting better results.
2: And I think there's two things that I think about. One is um, investing in measurement methodology infrastructure and Castlight's made a huge investment even since the merger, especially in terms of how we measure outcomes and getting into best of market measurement of ourselves and the other uh, things that I do. And eventually we'll help our ecosystem partners get these measurement methodologies that allow us to demonstrate conclusively um, the outcomes that they're delivering. And this is a lot of it's in, in medical cost savings. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, people need to get an ROI on this and the biggest bucket is um, both in terms of pro- is productivity which is much harder to measure and the medical spend the other thing that's that that a platform allows you to do and much to the chagrin of my engineering and and product team sometimes I like to have a lot of flexibility on the platform so there's not three incentive designs that you can choose from on the Castlight platform there is 100 knobs that you can turn or 50 knobs that you can turn that allow an employer to create different incentive designs and so we have hundreds of different employers with hundreds of different incentives designs on the platform and what that does is over time we can see what are the microeconomic behaviors what are the economics of getting this type of person not in this employer but this type of person to make this type of change and when you have that large-scale experimentation happening on one platform you enable pretty rapid learning and some things don't work just to be on, just to be clear. Sometimes it doesn't work. And when an employer invests three years in a program and then has to pull it out because it doesn't work and doesn't understand why they get jaded. Um, When we come to them and say, here's the kind of program that will work in your platform. These are the kind of outcomes you can expect. And if you want to, if you want to get these outcomes, you set it up in this way, given your demographics, given the claims data, we increase the probability of success a lot.
0: Sounds good to me. All right. Last question. It's the one I ask uh, everyone who joins us on the podcast. Uh, if you had all the time, money, space in the world, there are no limitations at all. What would you each fix about healthcare?
1: That's a that's a great way to end the conversation. And I, I would I would come back to something I, I said earlier, which is, you know, we we have the opportunity to work with um, great. Providers who are, are offering um, really terrific solutions to patients. We work with entrepreneurs who are doing incredible innovation in the digital health space, again, offering wonderful solutions um, uh, to, to patients, members, um, employers. And what we see is they don't get used very often. Um, and, and we think that a lot of what we've talked about today can really change that. One of the most important aspects of that change over time uh, uh, is, is data and the access to data. And in healthcare today, I think, um, you know, relative to some other industries, the flow of data is incredibly inefficient. And so I'm going to go back to the, the old um, electronic health records uh, story, and maybe Apple's giving us some hope there. But I would wave a wand and immediately have everybody in the United States on a standardized Uh, data format for their their healthcare data, and I'd have entrepreneurs and businesses like Castlight with uh, unlimited access to those data.
2: I would agree. Data liquidity is probably the biggest barrier um, that we have to really having healthcare imagine the financial services industry without data liquidity. The fact that we um, don't, you know, I'd, I'd add to that a national provider directory that was up to date <laughs> and <laughs> for ev- sure. everybody having access to all of their healthcare data in a place that if they chose, they could expose it to a third party that could then consume it and create value for them. That's just hands down. If I had all the money in the world, that's what I would do. It might take all the money in the world to get that done, actually. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Uh, John Coyle, Derek Newell, thank you both very much um, and good luck with Castlight. Thank
2: you, Sam. Thank you, Sam.
0: You've been listening to the Oliver Wyman Health Podcast. Oliver Wyman Health is a virtual community of innovators convened by the health and life sciences practice of global management consulting firm, Oliver Wyman. Find us online at health.oliverwyman.com and follow us on Twitter at OWHealthEditor.